in in the White House, people like Kennedy and um, McNamara were like like trying to figure out what to do, whether or not to uh, bomb Cuba. Welcome to the Oh My Geekers podcast, where we educate others while educating ourselves on an array of topics. We also review movies, books, and TV shows. Hey, this is Gabe and Zeke. So uh, what are we going to be discussing today? What what have you got for us? Um, We are going to be discussing a man called Robert McNamara. He was the um, Secretary of Defense, um, later President of the World Bank. Uh, first, he was the pre- President of um, Ford, the autom- automobile company. After World War II, there was a lot of money being lost from Ford because of the effects of the war. So they hired veterans from World War II. They hired him because he was very good at statistics Mm -hmm. and he helped them um like improve the looks of their cars to make them more modern looking and also he did some like improved the safety of the ford vehicles uh stuff like inventing he didn't invent the seatbelt a team invented the seatbelt but he um, kind of started the research that led into the safety features you see on cars so that you don't impale yourself or fly through the windshield. Got it. Yeah, so... That's a pretty important. He pretty kept, important. So you safe to say he affected the automotive industry in a positive way? Yeah, he affected the automotive industry in a positive way, yes. Mm, that's pretty cool. So this is world after World War Two. After World War Two. All right, so this would have been the early 60s, late 50s? or I would say early 50s. This was the early 50s? Okay. Early 50s and went into the late 60s, uh, late, like, early 60s and late. Early, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Kennedy was 62, I think. So, yeah, he wasn't in, he wasn't in office for very long, Kennedy anyway. So he went from... Being, I think he was a college professor, right? He was a college professor, uh, had a degree in business. Hmm. He taught, taught at uh, Harvard Business School, and then he wound up in, at Ford. And then what happened there? He Kennedy tapped him as uh, as what? What did he? Uh, he was either going to be the Secretary of Treasury or the Secretary of Defense. Mm-hmm. He chose the latter for some reason. Um, so he became the Secretary of Defense. He did quite a few things. He uh, was advised. He advised Kennedy on a number of uh, things relating to um, nuclear warfare mm. um, because it was the Cold War back then and everyone was scared that someone was going to launch a nuclear missile at America and it would start World War Three and then the end of the world. So... Stuff like um, the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, to when the communists had, um, had uh, it was the CIA discovered that the communists had missile launch pads off the coast of Cuba. 
Oh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, yeah. the Cuban Missile Crisis, and that caused a panic. Well, so talk uh, real, real quick, like set it up for maybe our younger audiences that might not even know what the Cuban Missile Crisis is. And first of all, what was the significance of Cuba back in the day? Um, I mean, I, you know, it is pretty close to Florida. Yeah. Cuba is a country close to Florida. Um, back in the, I think, 50s, um, a man named Fidel Castro had um, turned it into a communist regime. Um, and uh, during the Cold War, there was a lot of... Uh, the Russians had stolen uh, American plans to the nuclear bomb. And then... America was afraid that um, the communists were going to use it on America, so there was an arms race. So everyone was trying to get as many nuclear weapons as they could. Um, and for the most part, there uh, it was more of a war of ideology rather than an actual war. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why they called it the Cold War, because not much was going on. So there, spying. there was just a lot of spying, just trying to prove to the world which was better, communism or uh, conservatism. Capitalism. Yeah, capitalism. And so uh, Fidel Castro, his administration was found building these launch pads, which would uh, help the missiles like launch off and um, bomb Cuba. I mean, bomb Florida. Which is only, I, I just Googled it, it's 90 miles. Only 90 miles. That's very close. Very close. <laughs> to American soil. And it was like very looming and there was like, there was like a big fear of nuclear war back in the days. Like kids, if you were to like watch a science fiction movie from that time, mm -hmm. uh, everything can be summed up in two things. Um, evil communist monsters and robots and bad guys, and then two, a radiation-based plot. Right. Uh, Fear. It was called the Red Scare. The Red Scare. So, so we're in the middle of the Red Scare, and then all of a sudden, we discover that there are missiles, missile being launch pads. Yeah, uh, being assembled in Cuba, which is only ninety miles away from us, and then. That causes a big panic. Mm. And Be then, uh, so what, what was our response as a, as a nation to that? Well, civilians, especially in Florida, started, like, building, like, bomb shelters because they thought they were going to die. Mm. Um, there was stuff like duck and cover drills, I believe. Like, if you ever watched um, The Iron Giant. Yes. Um, when they have that duck and cover bombs are coming down yeah they, they thought that they, they thought that if they would just cover hide their heads and hide under their and desk. Hide under the desk they would be safe from the bombs yes which is of course ridiculous but yeah uh, it had them a false sense of security or gave them to a, do. he gave them something to do yeah. um and so th the government's response was to put uh the air force and the navy on full alert so they actually blockaded um, Cuba. They didn't let any Russian ships come in there because the Russians were uh, basically the America of communism. 
they like supported all the little communist states and gave them whatever they needed. So uh, they they blocked all the missile parts that would come into Cuba. And so in in the White House, people like Kennedy and um, McNamara were like like trying to figure out what to do, whether or not to uh, bomb Cuba and try to stop this. And one one general, I believe his name was LeMay, General LeMay, who had uh, fought in World War II, and he, and he was this real rough and tough guy. Kind of a patent. Uh, kind of Copycat, a patent. maybe. A patent, but he, he, he was sort of... He was sort of like, it's my way or the highway sort of guy. And so he was like, yeah, we got bomb Cuba and stop them before they kill us. But I believe there was this other guy. Don't I don't really remember his name. I think he, he was the uh, ambassador. Former he was the ambassador to he Russia. was the former ambassador to Russia. Tommy Thompson. Tommy Thompson. Yeah. I believe that's what his name yeah. was. Sounds like a dealer for Ford. <laughs> Like, Welcome to Tommy Thompson. Yeah, or Tommy Thompson's off-road something, you know? I don't know. That's so true. back in the day, he actually lived with the the Russian... Um, he was the equivalent of president back in the day. Uh, I don't think they called them a president, but he was the president, and he was his name was Khrushchev. And um, Johnson had basically... Uh, when he was being an ambassador for America in Russia, he had actually lived with, practically lived with Khrushchev and his wife and both their wives. And um, so he knew, he knew Khrushchev and how he thought. And he was like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't go ahead and bomb Cuba because that will get us into major trouble because Khrushchev had actually sent two letters giving two options um you you either um call off this attack and then we'll pull, take a take apart all our missiles or you um bomb cuba and we'll bomb you right so johnson was like go go with the first the first um sort of yeah letter letter because it because that's his personality because that's his personality yeah, he because he was compromise. he was trying to compromise and he th thought that if uh they did what khrushchev asked them to uh khrushchev will do it because he'll be thought of the hero in his country mm. and the world because uh he stopped the evil bad americans from bombing cuba and starting yeah. starting a war nuclear war um which they didn't want they didn't either. want nobody. Nobody, nobody wanted, wanted it, it because yeah. that would mean the end of the world. Everyone would die. Yeah, everyone knew that at the time too. So it's kind of this weird stalemate. This is a stalemate. So um, they just uh, Kennedy decided, "Hey, we'll 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 go in with with the first. We'll go with the first um, option." So they went with the first option, um, even though the general guy, Casey uh, Lemay, yes. LeMay was like, no, we should bomb them and stuff. Yeah. So, so they, so the Russians pulled out all their missiles. Um, 
years later in the 90s, uh, McNamara had um, gone to Cuba and met with uh, Fidel Castro when he was older. And uh, Fidel Castro actually said that they actually had functional missiles um, there at the time, time, hundreds. That they didn't even know, Americans didn't even know about. And they were ready to to launch launch them into America, and um, thankfully they didn't. If anyone lives in um, Florida, mm. uh, they they might not, right? Because it would have uh, yeah. to this day it would have been still radioactive. That's cra- That's crazy to to think that how close the how scary that must have been for everyone living back then. You can imagine, you know, having to. Like you're wondering if your government's going to do the right thing or the other government's going to do the right thing or if, you know, you may not wake up tomorrow morning. That's kind of crazy. That's, that's talk about stress. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of close calls. McNamara even had a, a silver calendar given to him by the president and the calendar marked all the times when they had almost, like, come like an inch within nuclear war. So... Wow, that's crazy. So he, so he was um, Secretary of Defense under Kennedy. What happened once Kennedy was uh, assassinated? Because that uh, happened fairly early. He was shot by uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, some may get into more detail in conspiracy theories because it was a very mysterious death. Mm-hmm. But Kennedy died, and um, so the presidency went to. Lyndon Baines Johnson, uh, the vice president. And Johnson was uh, a very different type of president. He he was a more, uh, like, macho mm-hmm. guy. He didn't... Uh, another my way or the highway sort of guy. Yeah. Um, very different from Kennedy, surprisingly, even though he was the vice president. But... Um, so there was this conflict going on in Vietnam. Uh, we had, uh, hundreds or thousands of American military advisors yeah, there. Thousands, yeah, at the time. Um, trying to teach the South Vietnamese, mm-hmm. South at that time, because Vietnam back then used to be split in two, the South, the Southern half being a capitalist nation and the Northern half being a... Uh, communist nation but back in the day uh, even before this uh, the, the Vietnamese had declared their independence from the French because they had gotten weapon weapons during World War II because American the Americans armed them to help fight the Japanese and get them out of uh, Southeast Asia they had all these weapons left over and they were using them on the French because they didn't want uh, imperialism Mm -hmm. in their country. Mm -hmm. So the southern Vietnamese um, leaders, uh, I think one of them was Ziem, Ziem, he wanted to push the um, communists like Ho Chi Minh out. And uh, the Americans... uh, Gave them advisors mm-hmm. uh, to help train the Southern Vietnamese army to, beca- to fight the communists. To fight the communists because that wasn't our interest at the time. Our interest in the time because stuff like the Cold War. It was mm-hmm. a they want we wanted to show the world. Hey, the capitalists 
are even better than the communists. So, but the problem, was, if I remember correctly, is Diem. Diem. Jam. Jam was a. Uh, very corrupt. Very corrupt. Yeah, he, so, wasn't, he wasn't a straight shooter, and so... Very corrupt. Let let all these uh, very sketchy businesses move into Vietnam and, like, take advantage of the people's labor. And it was kind of his wife that was running the country. Yeah, right? his wife was actually running the country. She, she was, she was a, like a nutso. Yeah. She was nuts. And so um, there were uh, people in southern Vietnam vietnam who wanted to reunite the country mm-hmm. under communism and it was called the the national liberation front yes and it, also known as the Viet Cong. right so you've got these people in the in southern vietnam who don't want american interventionism because they think that uh the americans are the new french and they right. think that they're imperialists trying to spread capitalism, spread and capitalism, and enslave their enslave people. Their people for their own, yeah. Which, which is kind of um, funny because you know that they saw it as their civil war, and we saw it as a part of the cold part war. of the cold war, and so neither side understood each other. Neither side understood each <laughs> other, and so it was almost. Other doomed to doomed from the very beginning so mcnamara um he actually advised president kennedy to withdraw he kind of saw it for what it was and was like hey we're not not that he understood it fully but just kind of saw that it wasn't worth the effort that we were going to put into vietnam and said actually advised kennedy to withdraw all of the advisors from vietnam he just kind of saw it as a lost cause a lost cause and kennedy actually was going was to do, going to do that and actually announced that he was going to do it and, and it actually started withdrawing people from uh the advice the military advisors from south vietnam and then he was he was assassinated he was assassinated and just a little bit before that um Jim of southern vietnam was assassinated right. even by the capitalists there because um of his corrupt nature right and then in in vietnam what followed was just one bad leader after another one bad, bad leader dictator after, another dictator after dictator and, and all is just as corrupt as the northern as, side yeah and north vietnam actually wanted to unite the country under as one country because they always hated uh, imperialism Viet- imperialism basically and so um to wow what a what a situation for this guy mcnamara to come into and yeah, and then um, Lyndon Baines Johnson wanted to go to war. Wanted to go to war because he thought that he could like stop the communists. Stop the communists. And then so McNamara is now so is Kennedy's assassinated. And what happens is, you know, the vice president becomes president and the same cabinet is in in place. And so McNamara's new boss is is Lyndon Baines Johnson, who's a Texan and just ready to to, to beat the communists at any cost um and so what happens what happens from then he doesn't withdraw the troops he doesn't right? withdraw the troops he actually sends more troops in yeah. uh and starts before a, then there were no actual military there were advisors but there weren't actually like marines 
there weren't marines there so he sent but he was marines over. Sen- sending marines over there and he was blockading north vietnam mm. from sending any supplies to the Viet Cong. right i believe um during that time um there was ho, ho- chi min uh, had had a advisor um I, d- I don't remember his name i don't remember his name it but Ho Chi Minh was um, kind of getting older. frail and yeah. older. And Let me look up that guy's name while you're talking because yeah. he, he's kind of an important guy. Um, uh, Le Juan? Le Juan. Yes, Le Juan. So Le Juan, he, he... So Ho Chi Minh, even though he was a communist, he understood uh, the American ideals uh, that all men are created equal, though he had a different idea of what equal meant. And so he he thought of the Americans as people wanting independence for little countries um, and wanted to kind of reconcile that belief with the Americans and try to get them to an understanding. But he was getting older, so right. Le Juan who thought of the Americans as um, capitalist um, and imperialist invaders, uh, he, um, was, he was getting more and more power be, as, as, as the Ho year as older and... Ho Chi Minh got older. So, so one, of the, one of the crazy, um, I'm going to reference a movie that we watched, and it was called, uh, it was a Ken Burns movie. The Vietnam the War. The Vietnam War. Um, Ho Chi Minh was actually very impressed by the Americans. He was he, impressed. He was impressed. He actually quoted Jefferson. He quoted Jefferson, all men are created equal, that speech. Right, in a speech that he was delivering to his people. He had actually visited America and was uh, very impressed with um, our revolution against the Britons. Yeah, uh, against and, the Britons. He... He, he kind of idolized the, the 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 founders of America. Yeah, he just had a different view, yeah, <laughs> different world didn't, view, different world view. Um, because he liked he liked the uh, revolution of Lenin too. Right. So he 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 in all due respects, he was actually more of a socialist than a, than a communist. communist. But he like he liked Lenin, so he became a communist. Right. So, um. Uh, so he he was very sympathetic towards the Americans, but Le Juan was not not. Yeah. And so uh, during during the Gulf of Tonkin, Le Juan had actually uh, secretly sent, um, I believe, uh, torpedo boats, mm-hmm. and the torpedo boats had fired torpedoes at a the USS Maddox. Yeah, the USS Maddox, and the USS Maddox had seen it. And called up uh, Johnson and McMamara and said, "Oh, they they did unprovoked attack. Uh, a provoked attack, but um, Johnson didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what like a week later? And then it happened again, supposedly. Like, a, a week later, it happened again. But it was proven to just be. It was proven to be just radio operators or radar operators. Right? Radar operators they were, in they were little uh, um, jumpy at the jumpy time. Jumpy at the time because they were they thought they were." going to be shot at so everything kind of became a torpedo um to them and so they actually falsely 
they're not falsely they were mistakenly reporting that they had been attacked again which didn't happen and it was that second event that johnson actually replied to and he actually started started bombing north vietnam bombing north vietnam and, and then here we are we're in vietnam war vietnam war and um mcnamara had um kind of voted for the bombing of North Vietnam, but he himself didn't believe that was the right choice, but he, he did want to impress, um, Johnson, um, because, because Johnson was so set on doing this. Mm -hmm. And also they wanted to impress the American people. Like we, we can do this. Right. We can bomb, uh, North Vietnam. So th this guy, McNamara, uh, there's a movie, um, it's called The Fog of War. The Fog of War, directed by Earl Morris. Another another 2003 film. 2003? 2003. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, same same year as Luther. Um, so The Fog of War by, by Earl Morris, uh, which a lot of uh, what we're talking about, a lot of those um, were actually references. references. Comes... So the, the interesting um, thing about this film, about this movie, is that it's it's there's no... Uh, there's no narration. It, it's I mean there is narration, but not in the sense of a, of a normal. I guess it's not like a reporter or a writer. It's all it? told from McNamara's point of view. Point of view. So he is telling you what what was going on in his head and within the administration during those during the uh, Kennedy and the Johnson administration while they're at war in Vietnam. So it's being told, and he's the secretary of defense. So it's pretty interesting because you're kind of getting a sense of how they were thinking and how much it's easy. They didn't know at the time. Yeah. Because right? it's easy to demonize them now, especially with the hard feelings that came from the Vietnam war. What with people in the anti-war movement and also people who, uh, the silent majority who, like supported the war the hippies who were kind of the counterculture it, this war tore america apart yes so it kind of like shook uh the belief that that our leaders were honest mm -hmm. and we could do no wrong really like before then uh there there was this sense that that office was um, sacred sacred and and that that they always did what was what was right though you know that there's obviously been scandals and whatnot going back you know going back to the very beginning this really because it was a televised war because it was on tv every night um and because there didn't seem to be a clear path to victory and there wasn't um an immediate threat to america um, I think they, I think Americans would have more or less tolerated an invasion of Cuba because it was actually it was like actually a, threat. a threat. Yeah. It, it versus, um, a tiny nation that we knew nothing about all the way on the other side of the world that didn't really seem to have any significance to the daily life in America. But it, it's, it's an interesting movie because, because it's told from, um, their Mac, point of view McNamara's point of view so it was you know you're not you're hearing the the fears that they had 
during that time and the confusion that they had. In the, and it's all obviously told from hindsight because the guy, when the movie was made, was 85 years old. Um, very smart, smart guy. It actually had you know time to <laughs> think about all of think this. about all of this yeah. because he was he was one of the guys who was most demonized during the war and everyone was criticizing him um besides the president because he was actually there for two administrations uh during that time so what who would you recommend this movie to like what age group would you think would be it appropriate for uh so for family friendliness appropriateness i would say I'd say four stars, so I would say maybe uh, uh, early teenagers, pe- people who can understand what's going on. Like, there, there's not too many disturbing scenes in it, but it is also very heavy. Uh, and besides, it's a documentary, so kids n- might not understand, like, what is going on. Uh because these these are concepts that um, go for people who are older and understand um, things like politics and um, like national security. Um, so um, it's heavy. It, it's heavy. Yeah. And what adds to it is the fact that there are some scenes that flick flip through these these documents and these like, um photographs from war for photographs from the war just showing all that had happened Mm -hmm. off of this guy's decisions um decisions Mm -hmm. and it goes very fast and overwhelms you and also uh the the uh composer for this movie um my cousin pointed this out because he was doing music appreciation he pointed out out that this was a professional composer so it actually wasn't like john williams or uh someone like that and it wasn't some cheap um cheap dude who just did just did music um it was actually a composer and actually one of one of the modern revolutionary composers who actually changed the genre and so at the beginning it starts off very repetitive and very like um mediocre but as you get get through uh things like the vietnam war it kind of becomes overwhelming um because because it's just showing um the more and more this guy had to deal with these decisions so when you're watching it you can be overwhelmed by, by the music by the music and all the images that you're trying to process right um so yeah a guy named philip glass philip glass yeah he's he's uh he's also the guy that did the music for the truman show um so yeah it's it's a really well done movie different as far as documentaries go different as far as documentaries go it's i uh i'm usually seeing normal documentaries um they they just go through what the director Mm. how the director views right it and also they go through how uh the the music is very repetitive like a stock footed Mm -hmm. stock Stock music yeah and so 
this this documentary just goes it is like an art form yeah like like i would say it's it's better than a ken's burns one it's it doesn't have the like letters and stuff letters and stuff and the full information and the and pictures that you can go and think and review but it does um kind of give you a story uh that you can follow and it's this guy's story yeah he actually he actually jumps around a lot and this guy is a very uh uh, mcnamara is a very good speaker and so he um he actually sets things up in such a way where you're like you you get a little insight into why he even made the decision why he to even be the secretary it. of defense how that kind of impacted him and his family yeah, it even goes back to uh the time uh when he was like three years old and had remembered um armistice the and yeah. armistice day um and had to wear a mask because they had they had their own version of COVID nineteen yeah, back they then. Had a, they had a worldwide flu that was killing was Spanish the Spanish flu. That was killing and he had to wear a mask. So he remembered as a as a two year old not or two or three year old not being allowed to go outside without a mask, um, which is kind of kind of a trip. We we all when we were watching the movie it was like what? <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah I guess and there was even pictures of people celebrating Armistice Day and most of them weren't wearing masks but a few of them you could see that they had their masks pulled down um so that was that it was, was trippy that was pretty pretty trippy and the fact that he remembered remembered had, that remembered that as a small remember that child. And connected it back to the decisions he made during the Vietnam War and explained how people back then thought that uh world war one would be the last war ever right the very end of the war to end all wars what joe wilson said and um he you know he talks he talks about his time in world war Two as a um i guess an analyst an analyst and he for the air force just basically explains the hard decisions like bombing Firebomb. um japanese cities right back then yeah. and he explains what what might have led if he if uh uh roosevelt's administration and general lemay didn't bomb these um cities right so yeah he and and that that's where you get into these very heavy concepts of the rules of war really and you know everything's not black and white and what would you even do in that situation right do you send hundreds of thousands of American troops to their death or do you kill a bunch of civilians? Do you kill a bunch of civilians to get them to, to finally give up? Because at this point, Nazi Germany had pretty much already fallen, but the Japanese Japanese were not going to give up and they were, it would have actually made a war that would have even been longer than Vietnam. Right. And so, yeah, the decision was made to, um, uh, to firebomb, an atomic bomb, and then and then drop you know uh, bombs on Hiroshima, and Nagasaki, and then the war was over essentially. And then we helped help them rebuild uh, Japan, and they've been our, our allies ever since. So what? Um, so um, as a movie review, pretty good for uh, pretty good. I would say five stars for the plot. Um, of course, it already automatically gets a five stars for the history. Yes. And it makes more sense if you go through Ken Burns' yeah. uh, movie, which 
which is actually more like in depth, but I would say um, kids shouldn't watch the Ken Burns thing. It's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. So way too much for, I would say anyone not in high school probably steer clear of the Ken Burns, uh, Ken Burns documentary. It's just, it's way too, first of all, it's like, 16 hours long it's 16 hours long long you can't movie do it in one day yeah you've got to break it up and the the subject matter is so heavy 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 it goes through everyone's perspective even the hippies yeah the the counterculture people serving you know special ops people politicians i mean it really dives it's it's excellent it's really good but if you have an hour and 40 minutes to (laughs) <laughs> to spare and you you want to geek out on a on a, a very well produced vietnam slash world war ii documentary this is mac the mac it's called the fog of war by oral morris it's came out in 2003 so what what would you you said five stars on the plot five stars on the plot family friendly four stars on the family friendliness and of course one. it's already historically accurate yeah so i would say it's a solid four star movie I would say I would I would totally give it five stars, but I, I just don't think um, it's for everyone. It's not. It's definitely not for everyone. But you definitely historically accurate. Obviously, you're getting his spin on things, but it's pretty. Um, you know, everything he talks about lines up with you know history. Obviously, he was there. He was he was in on stuff, and he even said during the movie, "There's things I know," and he kind of leaves it at that. Like there's things <laughs> that there, he there's, knows. there's things that I know that I'm not going to get into. And he kind of just, he just it, leaves it, it there because he does not want to talk not, about that. Yeah. He's not going to get into it, but you know, it, you know, if, if we had not done the things that we had done, it might've been different. It might've been a lot different and, and he just leaves it at that. Um, but yeah, very, very good movie. Very. And especially if you, um, if you've, are already interested and or are taking American history, I guess U.S. history. Uh, it would be a good, it'd be a good, uh, yeah, a good investment, a, of a time. good investment of time, and also a good thing to watch uh, during this week, which is um, Veterans Day. Yeah, Veterans Day is on on Thursday. One of the things that we want to do is build a resource for homeschoolers. And parents. Uh, and parents of homeschoolers. Um, so we're actually working on a website right now. We're putting that together. Um, and, and we're hoping to put resources there that um, are maybe a little different than things you would either find on normal homeschool uh, blogs websites. or websites. Um, we're going to be putting movie reviews, obviously. Movie reviews, sometimes book reviews. Book reviews as well. But uh, there will, the book reviews will be a little uh, far, few and far between because takes it takes a long, longer to read those. Right. And I know that we're, we may skew a little bit of the older junior high to high school age but um you know we might we might dip we into might some dip into you know years. younger like, the younger we ages. need a pool <laughs> yeah there's some obviously some classics that we want to talk about and give some give some props to but um that will be coming we'll we'll keep you uh informed informed as we get to you know the launch of the website and everything but you know leave a review and if you want if you have an idea 
for a show or please let us a, know. Yeah, like something you want us to cover or a book or a movie that you're curious about. Um, you can easily click on the, the description and there is a place to send us a message and let us know, you know, hey, we really like this or, or hey, we liked it back when you were doing it the other way. You know, we're, we'd love to hear your feedback. So we welcome that. And we, we thank you for um, you know, giving us your, your time. And thank you for joining us today on Oh, oh My, My Geekers. Geekers Podcast.